welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And joining us is our friend Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And uh, we are going to be talking about a movie called Saltburn. It's from 2023, and it's from Amazon. It's streaming on Amazon Prime right now. Um, Matt, you want to tell us about it? Yeah, so this is a few months old, but we're catching up on it now. Um, before we get going, I should mention a couple things. One, this is going to be a spoiler review, since this is a few months old. And there's a lot to talk about with this movie. Um, so instead of just kind of giving you a generic non-spoiler overview, we're going to do a spoiler review. So just in case you haven't seen it, and you're thinking about it, no going in. We're going to be talking spoilers. Um, and um, Ryan, who's been on the show before, um, if you're not following him yet, you should be. Uh, you can find him on X and Letterboxd at um, Arnold uh, underscore at movies. And he's also got his own website, ryanarnoldreviews.weebly.com. So Saltburn is set a little bit in the past. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later about when exactly this is set because I... I Anyway, uh, it's set a few years ago. Uh, it starts out in Oxford, England. And uh, Barry Keegan is, um, I guess he's starting his university career there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's sort of a bit shy, a bit awkward. And he claps eyes on this guy named Felix, who is played by Jacob Elordi. And Felix is from a very upper class, very upper class um life and he he lives on an estate called saltburn that his parents uh own and he's got a sister and yeah so felix and uh the very keegan character oliver they kind of strike up a friendship eventually and uh, oliver says at one point that his father has died and that his parents were uh had mental health and substance abuse issues and all of this kind of makes um felix take uh take kind of take pity on him and so i guess when the summer the summer comes around um and everyone leaves uh, the university um felix says hey why don't you come back to saltburn with me and so oliver does um along with farley who is a cousin of uh, felix and so then the bulk of the movie is time spent at Saltburn. And that's, that's pretty much where the action happens. So uh, what did you think of this, Ryan? I enjoyed it. Um, it, it. It didn't live up to the same heights as Promising Young Woman by um, Emerald Fennell. Um, but it's still a lot of fun. Um, it's highly silly, um, but very entertaining. Um, there's a decent amount of flaws, but I kind of looked past those because I was just having a good time and it, it's, it, it is a, um, messy and fun movie. Um, Emerald Finale takes a lot of swings and some misses at the ultra, um, wrench. Um, but the acting is, uh, top notch, uh, Barry Keegan and, uh, Jacob, uh, Elory, um, do a very good job in this movie. Uh, Rosamund Pike is also in this and uh, Richard E. Grant. Um, they're very good in it too. Carrie Mulligan makes a few brief scenes, pops in, pops out. Um, she does a good job when she's there. Um, the production design's excellent. The um, uh, costumes are excellent as well. Um, but yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. And then it kind of, when it revealed the big twist at the end, which we'll get into, I kind of didn't really like it as much. 
Um, but everything before that, um, yeah, it, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. Um, it's, it's, it's salt burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's, a, it's fun for a while. Um, I feel like it's a very well-made movie and it, it looks gorgeous. Um, you know, the initial setting in Oxford and then at the estate of, uh, Saltburn is very beautifully photographed. And, um, um, there are some scenes throughout the film that I thought were, were very interesting in terms of the use of color and lighting. And, um, so it's just, it's beautiful to look at. And of course the actors are very beautiful to look at as well. Um, the, the story, um, was fine. It was, it felt, I had talented Mr. Ripley vibes the whole time. Um, I, so it feels a little derivative to me. Um, but I don't know. I was still along for the ride and enjoying, enjoyed myself. Um, the, you know, the supporting characters and actors are all really good. I thought Rosamund Pike was excellent as, as kind of as the mother. Um, and, but, you know, all the other supporting characters were, were great as well. Um, but yeah, for me, the, the movie really does kind of just fall apart. <laughs> in the last <laughs> half hour or so. Um, I think Emerald Fennell is a very talented director and a talented screenwriter, uh, but it, she just doesn't m- manage to stick the landing here at all. Um, it just, it starts to, you, Ryan, you mentioned the twist. Um, it just over-explains the twist. First of all, it, it wasn't much of a twist. I felt I felt like I saw it coming um, uh, from a mile away, but then it, but then it makes the mistake of over explaining it and leaving nothing to your imagination, leaving no ambiguity to what's been going on. It's just, there's just nothing to think about afterwards. It's just all explained. And that's kind of boring. Um, and I feel like, you know, it's, it also kind of strained credulity. I, I didn't really believe that what has happened has happened. Um, it just didn't seem plausible. So, so yeah, I, I wish it had ended better, but you know, up until the last thirty minutes, it was it was quite a nice ride. Hmm. So you know, I've thought about movies before that are sort of have a, a split personality when it comes to beginnings or and ends, or beginnings, middle, and ends. And it's interesting. I can forgive a movie that's kind of maybe not great for most of the run, and then has a killer final act. I, I, that I mean, I'll. I won't get into it. There's a movie called Mortuary from the early eighties that was like that. <laughs> and it's a, it's a boring slog until like the last 20 or 30 minutes. And I, that movie was over. I'm like, this is a, this is a plus film. Right here. <laughs> um, this is the opposite of that. This movie, like for the first, um, I don't know, three quarters. I was like this. I think this is writing, uh, writing high. This is like in my top 10 of the year. Um, and then the last final act happened and I was like, ah, no. <laughs> um, I will say that the things I like, so the first half hour, and it's almost a half hour exactly, um, is set in Oxford. And I love Oxford. <laughs> um, I grew up watching the Inspector Morris TV show, which was filmed in Oxford. And so when Ashley and I and our friends got to visit there um, in 2022, um, it was like a homecoming. And it's a beautiful beautiful city with, you know, college buildings that are centuries old 
and you know, uh, this, this is, I, I, <clears throat> you don't want me to go on and on about it. Uh, but I saw a lot of that in the first half hour. In fact, one of the, the first, one of the opening tracking shots, we follow Barry Keegan's character as he's walking through Radcliffe Square and, uh, right by the Radcliffe camera. And I'm like, myself, Ashley, our friends, Kelvin and Jess and, um, <laughs> stuff like we walked through Radcliffe Square, like right where he was walking. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, uh, tea at a little tea shop, uh, <laughs> right off of there. Um, there's, um, um, I, I'm pretty sure there's a scene here where, um, Oliver happens upon Felix and his tire is busted. I'm pretty sure that is filmed on Addison's walk, which we also walked on. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, first half hour, great. <laughs> and then, um, and, and I, and I kind of love that. It, it's weird. Like that actually made me, um, kind of nostalgic, not just for, Oxford, but for, um, my own, I was going to say college life. Um, I didn't graduate college, but you know, I remember that era, uh, of that age and hanging around like other people who were in college and going to parties and stuff. And it reminded me, it did a really good job of evoking that. Um, and then, yeah, we go to Saltburn and Saltburn, the estate is, is very gorgeous. Um, the cinematography in this movie is great. Um, yeah, the, the but this all kind of hinges on Barry Keegan's character, Oliver Quick, and boy, he you know he's horny. Like <laughs> you know, Ryan is often fond of calling Batman Returns a horny movie, and he's right. <laughs> but this is a horny movie, like too. Uh, and I mean, the scene where um, Felix licks up Oliver's I'm, uh, I'm sorry Oliver licks up Felix's bathwater <laughs> I'm like okay so we're doing this um that that was that was that was interesting um and other stuff uh some some stuff I won't get into but it's you know anyway um I did get talented Mr. Ripley vibes off of this not always in a great way, because I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, so talented Mr. Ripley. First of all, the, the, the movie, the one with Matt Damon and Jude Law and Gwyneth Paltrow, that's like 25 years old this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the source material it's based on is from like, I think the 1950s. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe because of when it was first, when it originated, you couldn't just be all out homosexual. You know, with your, you, you, you kind of had to couch it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I actually think that works in that story's favor. Um, the ambiguity, the, the, the longing, uh, the whatever. This is a 2023 movie. And with every kind of, um, everything that a 2023 movie would come with, there's no inhibitions. It, it, you you get scenes of a, of a guy licking up another guy's bathwater. You get other really raunchy scenes. You get male nudity. You get, you know, and in a way, I, I, I liked all that fine. But in another way, I was like, um, a bit of modesty might suit you. <laughs> um, it, it, it was a little much. And then, yeah, the last, the ending... I'm not. I'm not a fan of. But I'll throw it back to you, Ryan. Yeah, it um, it kind of uses its raunchiness and its horniness to be more like a shock value. Um, I wouldn't really say it adds much to the story. Um, just kind of there to really like shock you, um, which I would say it did. Especially, I mean, who who could forget the graveyard scene? 
um, <laughs> Barry Hegan's character. Um, but it, it, I don't know if that really added any much like depth or structure to the characters in it. And I'm all for sexuality and, and nudity in movies that, that doesn't bother me at any at all. Um, I think poor things, um, did a really good job. Um, and there's a lot, um, of sex in that movie. Um, but it, it, it meant more because of, uh, Emma Stone's character in that film, it, it helped her grow in certain ways and find who she was and her identity. And in this movie, it just, it didn't really do that. It was more of just kind of just there to shock you. Um, which is fine. I mean, uh, you know, uh, that's kind of, if that was Emerald Fennell's intent, she definitely got it. Um, but I wish it could have been more. I wish there could have been a little more depth uh, with those types of intimate scenes or uh, whatnot throughout the film. Um, yeah, Ashley. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of those scenes were there just purely for shock value. Kind of just, I think she was wanting to make an edgy film and so these are the elements that she included um uh and and you know on the that's fine but unfortunately it was edgy but just not all that interesting um ultimately um Mm. real quick the gay man in me has to know um you could tell that i I can always tell when a movie is directed by either a heterosexual woman or a gay man uh (laughs) because you know it it is doesn't shy away from showing like you know uh, that men can be beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you saw that a lot in this movie. You see it in Call Me by Your Name, um, and a lot of times it's weird, you know, men because I think because things tend to be dominated by heterosexual men. Men are not sexualized. Women are a lot, but not men. Uh, so it's kind of refreshing every now and then to like see something like this. You know, I mean. Ashley and I saw The Boys in the Boat a few weeks ago. And, um, I mean, that's got young, attractive men rowing boats in, in shorts and sometimes with even without shirts on. And you can tell it was directed by a straight man because there is utterly no evocative nature to it at all. It's just very straightforward. Um, so I appreciated at least that about this movie. Real quick, um, we, the spoilery thing, there are several deaths <laughs> that occur in this movie and it's left ambiguous as to um, if they were, you know, from, you know, accidental or, or um, in- intentional or murderous. You're kind of thinking it's probably murder. But I thought for a while, like, I'm glad the movie's not going to, like, spell it out for us until it spells it out for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh... Yeah, I'm not really cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it, the, enough murders start happening, and like they don't seem suspicious to anyone. And I'm like, come on, come on. And uh, particularly, I don't know how the killer gets away with the last murder. I I, I kept thinking like, there's got to surely somebody notices the the evidence here, mm-hmm. um, and that just bothered me. Yeah, I think this movie should have ended up right back in Oxford, like with uh, Oliver starting his, you know, his next year and sort of uh, there's a guy who's really annoying at the beginning of the movie who befriends him. And I felt like the movie should have come full circle and he goes back to Oxford and boom, he's left with this annoying guy. Uh, 
Uh, I like that. And, and lastly, I mentioned something about I wasn't sure when this took place. So officially, this takes place in 2006. Emerald Fennel has uh, stated, you know, it takes place from 2006, 2007. But in the very beginning of the movie, when Oliver arrives, there's this banner hanging and it says, Welcome Class of 2006. And so I immediately thought, oh, this takes place in 2002. <laughs> um, because, like, you know, if I ask someone, you know, well, if someone tells me, like, oh, hey, I'm like ex high school class of 2010, I'm thinking, oh, you graduated in 2010. And they're like, oh, no, no, I started in 2010. <laughs> I'm like, what sense does that make? <laughs> But maybe it's done differently in the UK. Maybe the year that you start is the year that you're the class of. I don't know. I don't know. Glennis thought the same thing too, Matt. Um, she <laughs> thought it took place in 2002, and I had to look it up during the movie. I was like, no, I think this is a little bit later than 2002, and it was. So maybe maybe it's a UK thing for the way they yeah. write the banners and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, any final thoughts on this? Um, no, other than, you know, I agree with you that it's ridiculous that he was never suspected of that. These, that these deaths were were not thoroughly investigated and he, he was never suspected of any wrongdoing and that he was able, I mean, it shows us, I mean, he ends up with Saltburn. He, he has Saltburn and there, it shows us nothing as to how he got that. Like, how did he, well, it shows a scene of, of, uh, Rosalind Pike's character signing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why did she do that? I mean, surely she has yeah. other people in her life, right? I mean, these are not the <laughs> only people. She has, I mean, she's a woman of great influence and, and money and power, and she ends up giving it to this this guy who she spent the summer, who spent the summer with her son at the house. I, I just felt the whole thing was completely implausible. Yeah. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Ryan? Um, yeah, a couple. Um like I said at the beginning, it is a deeply silly movie. Um, it's also very entertaining. Um, I, I enjoyed a lot more of the first and second half for the final big reveal. Uh, like Ashley said, of how, how did he end up with all this and how did he get away with doing all these murders and nobody suspected it. Um, final dance summer though, with Barry <laughs> Keegan running around naked. That was a lot of fun. Um, Another thing that kind of annoyed me, it's very minor, but um, so this does start out in 2006. Obviously, it goes through the next year, which would be 2007, the summer that they spent at Saltburn, but they're watching Superbad on a DVD at their house, which came out in theaters in 2007. That annoyed me. I saw mm. that. I was like, <laughs> like there's no, that just came out in theaters. There's no way. That's so a there's a couple point. like little like plotters like that, and the timeline just don't make sense. Um, maybe they got an yeah. early screener. Yeah, maybe early rich, screener, maybe rich folks. Rich, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what it was. I don't know. But um, yeah, overall, yeah, it, it's a fun movie. Uh, it has a lot of flaws. Um, it's very messy, but um, I enjoyed it overall. So, what would you give out of ten, Ryan? I would give it a uh, seven. All right, I'll give it a six and a half, Ashley. I give it a seven, also. Okay. Uh, our score then is a 6.8, and that is uh, Saltburn. And Ryan, thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. And thank you all for listening. Thank you. Thank you.